And Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Y'all may be seated. The gospel pericope that we have before us this day is just part one. We get part two next week. It's a, the lectionary committee wants to split this up a little bit to give the preacher something more to talk about. Um, and there's some good stuff in both, in both pericopes. This week, our story, it takes place in Jesus' hometown. He has come back home and is attending church, attending synagogue for the first time since he left the town to start his ministry. And we're not, Luke doesn't tell us why he is asked to read from the scroll. Perhaps it's because of his fame has spread back to his home. Maybe he read from the scroll all the time when he was younger. We're not... We're not told why. There is, according to the rabbis, one of the books written by the rabbis called the Mishnah, in normative Judaism of the period, the Old Testament scripture was read and discussed in the synagogue by the, by the men who were present. First came the law, then the prophets, then someone was asked to speak on the text. Normally one stood up to read out of respect for the scriptures and then sat down to expound upon them. I kind of wish I could do that for preaching, sit down and preach sometime. But anyway, uh, Luke does, however, make it very clear that, that what is happening here in the synagogue is not just a fluke event, but rather it is, it is a divine action. It is the will of God. It's the will of the Spirit. Luke tells us that the Spirit led Jesus back to his hometown, led him to the synagogue, led him to the pulpit. Luke is very clear in these early chapters that the Spirit is animating, is accompanying, and allowing these things to happen. Jesus is handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah, and it just so happens to be open to Isaiah 61. And it should also be noted that that Jesus is not just quoting Luke 61. He adds in a part from Isaiah 58, verse 6, that talks about setting the oppressed free. Um, We're not... It was either Luke or Jesus. Either way, it's a good ad there. But we have to remember, this is all divine action. See, when we read from the Bible, this is what we do, right? We have a book. We call, the, call this a codex or a book simply. And so imagine, like, if Jesus was up there, you might think he's, like, thumbing through the Bible. All right, let me find this passage in Isaiah here. Oh, here it is. That's not what Jesus does. In fact, when you're handed the scroll, it's all written out in length. And so when Jesus is handed the scroll, it's already opened up to a page. 
Jesus didn't tell the attendant, open up to Isaiah 61. He would have been just handed it. It would have been either the divine will of God or coincidence that he has handed this exact passage from the book of Isaiah. And if you're a fan of NCIS, you know rule number 39 is there's no such thing as a coincidence. We attest, Luke attests this, and so do we as the will of the Spirit. So after Jesus reads this passage, he sits down to preach, and he says, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. It's both nine words in English and Greek. A nine-word sermon. I'm sure there are a lot of you who wish I just had a nine-word sermon. But those nine words cause a great deal of chaos and anger among Jesus' friends, neighbors, and families that we'll get into next week. These nine simple words, though, are probably the most important part of the gospel for us today. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. The word today, in Greek, it's semoron, is used 11 times in the gospel loop and nine times in the book of Acts. And since the book of Acts has the same author as the gospel Luke, he used it a total of 20 times. Luke uses this word far more than any other of the New Testament authors. It used signifies the dawning of the error of messianic salvation and the fulfillment of the plan of God. Not only does it underscore the idea of present fulfillment in Jesus' ministry, but it also indicates salvific fulfillment present in the church. When was it fulfilled? Today. It's fulfilled today. This, and the verb fulfilled, it's a special kind of verb. It uses the perfect tense that says the action was completed in the past, but, it had effects, but the effects of the action are ongoing into the present and future. Today it has been fulfilled. It was fulfilled that day in Nazareth when Jesus stood up to preach. And we're still feeling the effects of that event, that sermon, that message that he gave in his hometown. That nine-word sermon still affects us today. For Luke, salvation is not something you wait for. Something, salvation is something that Jesus brings when he shows up. That's different from the Gospel of Matthew and even the Gospel of Mark. Matthew talks about fulfillment in terms of, of a prophecy coming true. Matthew loves to stop midway through a sermon, midway through a story, I mean, to tell the reader that this action was to fulfill something that one of the prophets said would happen. When Luke talks about fulfillment, he's talking about it in terms of all of Scripture, pointing to the Messiah, doing exactly what Jesus is doing. And Jesus' message to the people of Nazareth and to us is that this happens today. The words of Isaiah, the prophecy of Isaiah is happening today. This passage highlights that part of Leviticus, the, the good part of the law, that talks about the year of, of a jubilee. A jubilee year is supposed to occur every seven years. And in that time, debts are supposed to be forgiven. Slaves are set free. Everything and everybody gets a clean slate. It was designed to help keep society from spinning out of control and offer more than just a second chance of life, but more like a renewal for everyone. It was designed to destroy all these things that have the capacity to enslave us. Unfortunately, it's very unclear if a jubilee year ever occurred. But that doesn't mean people never stop thinking about it, praying that a jubilee year would happen. In fact, many people were looking for a jubilee year. 
in Jesus' day. They were in need of a jubilee year. How many of us are in need of a jubilee year to have our debts forgiven, have a restart? How many of us need a year like that? Jesus reads this passage from Isaiah. The people hear the word release, faces in Greek. And their minds would have immediately went back to their code of law that talks about the Jubilee year. And then Jesus says, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. My brothers and sisters, today Jesus is promising release from all the things that inhibit human well-being. Today Jesus is promising relief. Today Jesus is promising hope for a better, a less burdensome life. Today, my brothers and sisters, today is a new day. It's a new day because salvation has come to the world. Salvation has come because Jesus is on the scene. And where Jesus is, stuff happens. Where Jesus is, salvation takes place and communities are transformed. That message was not just for the people of Nazareth. That message is for you and your spouse and your neighbor and your kids and that person sitting in front of you or next to you and all those people sitting behind you. People in the balcony, the people up in this choir loft. It's for everyone. And it's fulfilled today in your hearing, my brothers and sisters. It is he- right here for your taking. You know, I'm tired of hearing people say, Well, Pastor, we don't have this program. We need to do more of this. We need to do more of that in church. Listen, I'll tell you what we need. Today, the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. That's what we need. And, I, and I'm not going to, I don't want to pick on just one thing or one person, but I often hear this sentiment by so many. You know, Jesus didn't say, well, unless you have a large attendance at worship, this can't be fulfilled. Jesus didn't say, well, unless you have a church full of kids, this can't be fulfilled. Jesus didn't say, well, unless you have PowerPoint and screens in your church, this can't be fulfilled. Jesus didn't say, well, unless you have all the smells and bells of traditional worship, this can't be fulfilled. Jesus didn't say, well, unless you have whatever you want to fill the blank in. Jesus puts no strings onto this announcement of a new day. And it's fine to want programs to better enrich the lives of others, but if you want something to change here, you need to be the change. The church's main and only task is to preach about the transforming, healing, and salvific powers of Christ and to give people Jesus through the bread and the wine. That's all the church is set forth to do. And the world is going to try to pull us away from this message, from this mission. The devil and all his little demons are going to try to pull us away to prevent us, to put up obstacles, to make us want to concentrate on efforts on other things. So given a choice, I'm going to stick with Jesus here. And make all their concerns secondary. Nothing else matters. To all the world knows where they can come and be released from the shackles of their burdens. And be set free to set others free. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's what I'm going to do this day. That's what we should be doing this day. So come with me.